What's up everybody? This episode of Yalabad is brought to you by Wolf and Wald, a German company making German beverages using German produce from German farms. And the beverage we're talking about is apple juice, which is EU certified organic with zero sugar added. They're launching in Singapore with a sparkling apple juice and a non-sparkling apple juice. But Harish, what, what do you think when you when people tell you about German apples? Uh? I mean, first of all, when you say German beverage, of course, the first thing that came to mind is beer. Yeah. But this isn't yeah. beer. It's not. It's yeah. almost like apple beer with no alcohol. Yeah, Germans are known for their engineering as well. So I'm sure these apples have been engineered to perfection, uh, to taste perfect. Oh, a lot more. Right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe even the people who made it are German engineers. Yeah. German engineers, engineering, engineered apples to make engineered beverage. How much more German can you get? They're probably delivered in Volkswagen, like those Volks- Volkswagen buses <laughs> and, and then the engineers all drive BMWs or something. Yeah, exactly. And now it's available in Singapore. So if you want to get some apple beverages of your own, you can check them out at their website in the show notes and for all Yalabad listeners you can get 30% off using the promo code Yalabad and we also did a giveaway last week so if you took part check your Instagram DM because we have already notified the winner by the time you listen to this thank you all so much for participating and we will be doing another giveaway next week so stay tuned in the meantime on to the show what is up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Yala. Oh, Lama. Terrence back to his slightly more excited best. What oh, yeah, caused yeah, yeah. the change, Terrence? Was it because I your I, negative I, comment about how how it sounded very sleep? Even though I was trying to just give the yin and yang, like your excited, your juxtapose yeah. your excited voice versus mine. Huh? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but sometimes you need a little yang and yang, man. It's not oh. always yin and yang. Yeah. You need or some yin yang and, and yang in your life. Yin and yeah. yin. Yeah. Or yi and yi. Because that's what we're oh, talking no. about today. <laughs> <laughs> Too fast into the first topic. Lah. First, okay, we need okay. to do some casual banter. Yeah. Make some make some jokes that we have obviously not rehearsed. Mm-mm-mm-mm. But uh, so it's, been, uh, it's been uh, wow, like, uh, quite a few number of things happened this week. Huh? Like uh, MRT like breakdowns. What, uh? MRT broke down for the first time under I- Ong Ye Kung. Actually, have you seen a lot of chatter about the MRT breakdown online? I mean, uh, no, but the the memes have started coming, lah. Definitely, the ones where like Ong mm. Kung is like basically this is his first MRT breakdown that he's faced, lah. So, mm. uh, it's it's never a nice thing to feel, lah. But everyone is just kind of like, see, lah. Then the other guy is riding off into the sunset, and then you are. This is your first time, you know. Enjoy it. <laughs> no, but how? When when did he take over as as? Transport. Eh, what? Why is this his first breakdown? He's minister. I thought he was minister of education. What? And yeah, also yeah, transport. He, uh? he changed to transport already. In the oh, last shit. over the election, ah. yeah. The oh. the minister of transport retired, right? And then then uh, Corbun one retired. So now it's him. Oh, I was just going to say, actually, no bad. What Ong Kong has gone quite a while without breakdown, but <laughs> I guess it's less than know, a man. few months. Uh. no, yeah. but if you think about it objectively, when was the last time there was a big MRT breakdown? Yeah, that's why actually for everything you say about Corbun one. You know, that, I mean, you have to admit, yeah, la, there, have, there are fewer breakdowns now. La, right? Yes, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but, but, but this one was apparently like a, a power fault that, that while they were trying to fix something and then the power tripped or something like that. La. So, I, I, it doesn't sound like it was wear and tear or, or lack of maintenance. It was probably overly maintained or something. Maybe that's why. But will we ever know the truth? <laughs> yeah, the truth is will out there. Will we ever know? Yeah. I mean, honestly, over the past week, I've also had like more than one person kind of tell me that the whole coronavirus thing is man-made and it's uh it's it's if we don't believe that then we're not doing our due diligence uh. 
These so, are actual people I mean, you know who, who actual talk people to you. I know. Actual wow. people I know. Wow. Actual people I know. And then they'll send me stuff that I Google and then I Google that uh, um, and then I find websites kind of debunking that and then other comments debunking the websites that do the debunking. So I don't mm. know who the fuck to believe anymore. Of course, to me, it's still a conspiracy theory and there's more than enough evidence to that, that points to this actually being not man-made la, and it was yeah. an accident. But yeah, you yeah. never know. And of course, this that's not what this podcast is going to be about. La. Yeah. I mean, we're talking about it because we are not talking about this these topics yeah, exactly. during a podcast, yeah, we're right? Just, we're just speeding through these. Yeah. Speeding through these topics. Actually, before that, we need to do that 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 one plug. That one, that one plug. That one, that plug. one plug. Uh, Yeah, so so if you've been listening to this podcast, uh, thank you all so much. And and we keep like like getting super awesome messages on Instagram uh, and Reddit. And I mean, we have even talked about doing a podcast dedicated to messages like that. Uh, we, we're still toying with the idea, but if you want to listen to that, then let us know. But... Uh, thank you all so much for the messages and if you feel that this this podcast has given you a, even the least bit of joy it would be great if you could refer it to uh, at least one person uh, and and I mean I still hear podcasters abroad uh, say to leave an app, a review on the uh, Apple podcast store I, I guess that still matters uh, it's still better than nothing because on Spotify you can't review podcasts so whatever you can to spread the message of Yala but that would be fucking dope yeah um, but spe- speaking of like uh, uh, <laughs> leaving like bad reviews or good reviews or bad reviews, uh, uh, there's uh. this. I mean, there's this blogger who now mm. has left a very bad taste in everyone's mouths. No, mm. and even the country that he left originally, mm. and then he sought asylum in a new country. Even that new country now seems to like, want to leave a bad review done. for him. Yeah. Done. Yeah, he's done. And we're talking about none other than Amos Yi Pang Sang, which is his actual full name. Yeah. Yeah, so so I mean, I guess uh, if you haven't heard of Amos Yi before, chances are maybe you came to Singapore only a few years ago, but uh, more than likely, you have probably heard about him. But to give a brief recap over his uh, illustrious history, um, I think... Where back in like when he was he's like twenty one now, but when he was fourteen, mm. I think in two thousand twelve, he won a youth filmmaking competition, and he was already being labeled as precocious, like, And then he carried on making YouTube videos, very smart, very intelligent. Like you look at him, you're like, oh shit, this guy's thirteen years old, fourteen years old. But the turning point came in uh, twenty sixteen. What Was happened? 2015. 2015. Right? 2015. Yeah. yeah, what happened in 2015, Terrence? Uh, coinciding with the death and the subsequent funeral of the founder of modern Singapore, Mr. Lee Kuan Yew, uh, mm. Amos, he released a vlog video where basically he, I mean, he said that he's basically glad that Lee Kuan Yew is dead. La, and he started mm. to bring up a lot about Lee Kuan Yew's history. So whether or not you're a supporter of the PAP or whether you're, or not you're a supporter of the or the opposition or whatever, you know, they, they you know, he laid out a lot of things that that in the uh, in history that you should um that should come up when you're talking about Lee Kuan Yew's legacy, la. Mm. And uh, I think maybe because it was just that that time it was, I mean, you're talking about a funeral and and it was quite a big deal, right? Remember, remember the funeral yeah. for Lee Kuan Yew was like everyone was lining up for hours just to pay respects to his, his and body was and all it, that. Was it like the day after or something? It was very soon. It was during mm. definitely. Uh, during that week of uh, national mourning, uh, and I remember yeah. when we saw it, both of us were like, "Wow, this is gonna go like this is gonna this is gonna be what Singapore is gonna be talking about the next few days, like." And they did, yeah, Um yeah. And and he ultimately, yeah, it 
there were I think 32 police reports were made um, and he was arrested and there was a lot of public interest like, because in 2015 he was 16 years old mm-hmm. um, and he was jailed and he was treated in ways that you look at it also like you're like wow is that is that fair to be treating a 16 year old like this so because mm-hmm. of all that it attracted a lot of national uh, attention from uh, human rights groups and, and youth groups and Amnesty International and all that and they even labelled him to be a prisoner of conscience. Mm-mm-mm. Correct. Right. And and uh, there was a lot of talk about it. I think in the end he was um, in jail for four weeks um, and he was abused while walking to court and there was there were two camps. Like, some people were like, you know what, this guy's a fucking idiot. He deserves to go to jail. Some people were like, okay, what he said was wrong but you know, he's a 16-year-old. Can we yeah. really take a 16-year-old's words at face value and he should not be abused by the public? And some prominent activists in Singapore were meeting up with him and kind of advising him how to navigate the whole uh, precariousness of the judiciary system and how mm. he was being treated unfairly. Yeah. And then, and then subsequently, yeah. uh, I mean, th- that wasn't just the one time that he got in trouble. Uh, subsequently, over the next one, two years, I think he, he wrote a lot of provocative stuff. He made a lot of provocative videos that supposedly, you know, wounded uh, religious feelings and you know, um, questioned certain things about religion that in Singapore is, you know, it's can be very easily construed as as uh, trying to wound someone's religious feelings. Uh, and and re- more police reports were made, you know, more more arrests and more going to jail and stuff like that. Uh, actually, I don't know whether he went to jail subsequently for all the other problems, uh, but ultimately, uh, I think he himself saw that it wasn't sustainable for him to continue doing what he was doing in Singapore. Lah. So mm. after that, he actually, um, uh, I think while on bail for one of the various things that he was in trouble for, he actually traveled to the US and uh, surrendered himself to the to the officials in Chicago, the Chicago O'Hare International Airport, I think. Yeah. And uh, yeah, apparently it turns out apparently he had been planning to seek asylum in the US and he had people in the US who were uh, willing and, and, and able to help him uh, to do that. Uh. One of them being the the prominent uh, activist, Melissa Melissa Chen, right? Melissa Chen. Yeah, Melissa Chen, the Singaporean who is living, uh, the ex, I don't know, is she, is she still Singaporean? No, I don't no, think yeah, so. But she yeah, was but Singaporean. Singapore born. Uh, Singapore yeah, born. She's, she's a, I, w- I guess I would say a journalist, but also a, uh, someone who, who writes a lot of op-ed pieces about about uh, geopolitics. And, and she's the first Singaporean to appear on Joe Rogan, which was a dream yes. of mine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The fuck! Yeah. yeah she, was, fuck. she appeared on Joe Rogan, I think last year or something, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. But yeah, so basically she helped, because she's law trained or something, and so she helped mm. Amos process all the papers and, and helped get him through asylum. And yeah, again, there were things, you know, the public was split into two camps. One was like, Oh, you know, like thank God we're rid of this person. The USA, please take him in. And then the other side was like, oh, you see, like, This shows how how sad, you know, uh, discourse is in Singapore, where where yeah, if we can't agree with someone, then no choice. He just has to go elsewhere and seek asylum. Mm. Mm. And and I mean, this whole process was not like in a matter of weeks or anything. He he got his uh, jail sentence in May 2015. In December yeah. 2016 was when he went to to uh, the US. And mm. in March 2017 was when his asylum was granted. That was with Melissa, Melissa Chen's help and all that. Yep. And um, in so since then, I guess, so he got asylum and almost everyone in Singapore, like what Terence said, was like, okay, you know, good riddance. Um, and newspapers like the New York Times, the BBC, yeah, like they, they, they labeled him 
very they like glowing labels. He's a freedom fighter, you know, free mm. speech advocate and all that. Yeah. And they just shat on Singapore la, yeah. uh, for for losing someone of his talent and brilliance. Yeah. Uh, but following that, from like twenty uh, seventeen November onwards. He started. He he carried on making content in the in the US, but mm. through videos and blog posts. And suddenly, he started taking a pro pedophilia stance. Mm, correct. He started uh, to defend pedophilia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that was in November twenty seventeen. In May twenty eighteen, his channel was removed by YouTube. And like a lot of these platforms, as much as they are slowly clamping down on extremist views, back in 2017, 2018, a large part of that, including YouTube, was still like, okay, this is a platform we want to foster free speech. So them taking down a channel is quite major. La. And Twitter mm. suspended his account. Twitter is probably the most liberal platform. Yep. Um, in 2018, July, his Patreon account was shut down. In December 2018, his WordPress blog was shut down and personal Facebook page. And his pro-pedophile Discord uh, um, was shut down. Mm. So, so all that was brewing. And I think m- most people in Singapore who had been keeping track of his case or even... Generally, a lot of people knew that. Fuck! What the fuck is he doing in the US? Like, yeah. you can do free speech, you can do this, but to support pedophilia is a whole other thing, lah. Yeah. But yeah. until recently, uh, he was just a supporter, lah. Mm-hmm. But but this week, what was the news that came out, Terence? Came out that um, Amosie had been arrested by the Chicago police for actually uh having having started to sext with a let me send send lewd and, and, you know, new pictures, lewd text messages to a 14-year-old girl, I think in Texas or something, right? Mm. Yeah. Mm. While he was living in Chicago. Yeah, while he was living in Chicago. I don't know. I don't think anything in particular happened, but uh, apparently the relationship soured and that girl then reported uh, Amos E to the police. Lah. And this mm. is where, where uh, we have now bore witness to a new mugshot of Amos E in a, in an American yeah. prison. <laughs> yeah. And damn, that's the first thing I thought. Uh, like, wow, he is no longer a kid. Because uh. remember when we, we first started watching him, like he was really a kid and really trying to navigate like the dangerous waters of social social media. But now I look at him, it's like, oh God, he looks like, uh, I mean, the scary guy. Yeah, I think he's basically like scary guy. Talking to 14-year-old girls, uh, right? Yeah. I mean, granted, mug shots always make you look like shit. Uh. Yeah, yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, But... But I guess what what made you wanna wanna make this this week serious topic? Eh? No, because I think uh, again, like this thing has happened to him, and uh, one of the twists of irony is that now that now his asylum might be cancelled, and he might get deported to come back to Singapore. Back to Singapore. <laughs> <laughs> so after going that hoo ha, big hoo ha, and everybody saying good riddance and all that. Uh, we actually might be stuck with Amosy for a bit no, longer than, than no, necessary. And then like. The thing is, I think the more pressing charge is in Singapore, he'll go to jail not for pedo, pro-pedophilia, but for fucking AWOL from army. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the immediate charge uh, for sure, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, why, at first, when, when this came out, I also was like, hmm, um, it's it's what's there to talk about. Like? But then as I read up, I also found it interesting that that um him being discovered by the police for uh pro-pedophilia actually wasn't a uh, I mean with his relationship with a 14 year old supposed relationship mm. was not an overnight thing it was actually Melissa Chen who mm. was also involved in that Yeah. so for Melissa Chen her roller coaster is like yeah you know she was first an advocate for uh, Amos Yee and she was very vocal about why he needs to get asylum and she helped with the legal paperwork she got the non-profit together then after a few months she came out and said that you know um, yeah she I think kind of 
uh, distance herself from him. Mm. Uh, and then in, let's see, uh, in, I think it was in, God damn it, why it is. So in 2018 or something, she, mm. she uh, made a video that kind of formally distanced herself from Amos e, talking about how when he started spewing the stuff about pro-pedophilia la, and then mm. she kind of said that, you know, she helped him uh, come to the US but looking at all that, she can't support him anymore. La. So that was on 10th mm. December 2018. Then yeah. in her Facebook post which she posted yesterday, um, the the 14-year-old uh, actually um, went to a group, a community called the MAP Hunters. Have you heard of them? MAP Hunters? No, I haven't. No. So MAP stands for Minor Attracted People. I I guess uh, they're just pedophiles, la, but they're yeah, called yeah. map hunters. Yeah. So so someone, this 14-year-old went to a map hunter community and the map hunter community reached out to Melissa Chen and she took the case to the Department of Homeland Security um, and over the course of a year, she's been assisting them kind of like under on, in, the, in, the, in the down low to, yeah. on the case. La. And it was mm. a year in the making and then there was a reporter who broke the news and then she decided that, you know what, Singapore is going to pick up the news because ultimately it paints her in not the best light yeah. because she went from it went from an advocate to distancing herself to yeah. potentially being something that someone that en- who enabled behavior like this mm-hmm. so i found it interesting to to kind of see because on her twitter thread on her facebook page some people are saying you're doing god's work some people mm-hmm. are saying hey you're the one who brought him here, so why the fuck is he? Uh, what, it's almost like you punched punch people in the face, and then now you're putting the plaster, yeah. So, but, so but that's after, what I thought. Yeah, but after like the all this and, and everything, right? Like, did you have any chance to read Amosy what he's written about pedophilia and and things like that? I mean, I saw one video that's still up online uh, on a YouTube channel called The Fallen State. So, I mean, just from the name, just from the videos, you can tell that they try and tackle like more controversial controversial issues. Like, and mm. the host is interviewing Emerzy. Uh, it's called Excerpt Three of Three, but mm. the whole interview, which is nine minutes, is about this guy asking Emerzy straight up to his face, uh, mm. "Do you see any wrong with uh, an adult having sex with a child?" And mm. Emerzy says, "No." Yeah, yeah. Like very obviously, no. I didn't know it was this fucking explicit. Yeah. Yeah, so I mean that, that's the thing. I think uh yeah, everyone who's you know hearing or reading about Amos, uh yeah. take take a you can take a chance to try and read even his blog post, what he says about pedophilia, if there's any merit there. La. Uh because I tried and I found zero merit in his arguments. La. He pulls yeah. up very um he just pulls up basically research about saying, Oh, are kids able to discern between logic at a certain age? And yes, and then by by that the extension is that they can they can you know by tr- by 13 or what they can uh, agree to have consensual sex and things like that la. obviously ignoring the fact that between 12 to 18 your hormones are raging you don't know what the hell is going on you're like still struggling to fit in school and everything so, so, I mean it's just so many arguments against what he's saying la, you know yeah and, yeah. and, and like um, part of his argument also is that oh it's harmful for the child when you when you remove that that um, child from a loving relationship and then you punish the person that the child was in a loving relationship with. I mean, that's that's like any abusive relationship where you say that, you know, oh, you know, it's bad for the victim that you know. Although the victim is suffering in this from the abuse and everything, it's bad for the victim that you remove the one person that that they love and all that. You know, because sometimes mm. like the the truth is, 
uh, even human beings, even adults, right? Don't say children. Sometimes adults need, they need intervention. Uh. That's what intervention's about. Like when you, you, even you yourself, you don't even realize the harm that's being done to you and you need intervention. Mm. So for him to like, you know, extrapolate that, uh, yeah, there's more harm done to the child and all that. It's just very shaky. It's a very, very, very shaky argument. So it's not even something that I think is, uh, I mean, you can read it, but uh, yeah, lah, my opinion is not really worth considering much yeah. at all. Lah. I mean, in that video interview, the guy says like, just somehow they reached the point of like all types of sex, like bestiality and all this fucking shit. And Amosie is totally fine with it. Then the yeah. guy was saying, wait, I, but an animal can't give consent. And similar to what you said about Amosie taking a little bit of something and extrapolating, he said, if you can train animals to fetch, you can train them to give consent. Then I'm like, holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> holy shit. So you tell me that if you, your dog can go fetch a fetch something, you can train it to be like whether it, your whether it's okay that you yeah. have sex with it or not, So yeah, yeah. so I guess I mean like to but to me, uh, what what I I, I found uh, interesting was how people are saying that okay, first of all, uh, he, he's he started speaking about pedophilia as a supporter as a supporter mm. of pedophilia like more than a year ago it's obvious that he's a pedophile and then some people are saying that you know for Melissa Chen she took a gamble so why is it now that we have to suffer as Singapore it's like fuck off you like you want to bring him there as a saviour and then now you are pushing back so to mm. me when I hear that kind of stuff I'm like I don't know I, I, I don't think that's the most fair to her because ultimately mm. if you help someone who maybe two years down the road does something fucked up uh are you an accomplice in that crime? Mm. But I guess they were they're probably saying from the point that uh at that point in time when he was seeking asylum and all that, he already was known to be an instigator, la, right? Like I think mm. someone, um a family friend or someone who agreed to help him help, post right? bail, yeah. right? Yeah. At one point he helped the help Amos E post bail and then subsequently was accused of being a child mo- uh, accused was a of pastor, molesting. He was him. a pastor or something, right? I can't remember, but he was basically the guy who posted a bill for Amos e, and Then Amos e came out in the blog post and said that he he molested him la. and and you know he Amos e was known to you know just tell lies like this just to uh, I don't know just to rile people up and get their attention or something. But but like you said la, I think a lot of activists and all maybe they saw what they what you know the the the, the approach they took was that. Uh, the enemy of my enemy is also my friend, la, right? And so they yeah. thought, okay, if if anything, let's help help him out and see where what happens from there, la. But maybe over time, as they got to know him better, they realized, hey, uh, a lot of a lot of stuff doesn't gel properly uh, with this with this little with this kid, la. Yeah. So he might be a kid, but you know, stuff he's saying all that like will get you in big trouble when uh, a couple of years down the road, la, Which I mean, those that couple of years has happened, and this is what happens now, lah. must be caught with child porn. Yeah. Uh and I mean I, I just know when I mentioned the pastor thing, I, I can't find anything so just I take that back. I don't know whether it was <laughs> the the guy who helped me was he was a pastor. So I don't wanna I take that back. Uh, that's yeah, unverified. Yeah. I'll have to verify that. Uh yeah, yeah. but prob- uh let's just let's just Good yeah, Samaritan. He was a good Samaritan. That's why you Samaritan. thought that's why you thought he was a pastor, right? As a, thought, yeah. as a, okay, now you're putting words in my mouth. You're putting words in my mouth. Um but I mean the I, I still commend the people who tried to talk to him while he was in Singapore. I know people like Alfian Saad uh, and Cherry and George and all, they met up with him. Um, and I don't think they should be held accountable for enabling it like, because uh, enabling his pedophilic tendencies because that's the thing about anyone who fucks up in, in, in society, right? If they do something fucking horrible, you can't blame everyone who helped them 
in some way, uh, I don't know, like that prevented them from going to jail earlier based on mm. certain regressions or anything. La. But mm. the one thing that, that I realized Melissa Chen said in the video back in December 2018, which is, I guess, the only thing in her whole spiel that I found like, uh, okay, that's a bit weird, was she kind of like... um. Said, said that part of why Z turned out this way and this way meaning I don't know like the having thoughts like pro-pedophilia and all that and she said something along the lines no not along the lines and she said this and I quote his neurodivergent idiosyncrasies instead of being encouraged creatively and intellectually were constantly suppressed and coerced into submission the final traumatic nail in the coffin of his mental state very well might have been the loss of his personal freedom when he was charged and sent to jail. The devils of his worst, worst nature were instead stoked and inflamed by certain experiences. So that's why I felt like, wait, are you trying to... And she goes on a bit about how the Singapore society played a part in, in that, like the conformist society. And I'm like, uh, you know, like, okay, I, I, I respect you for wanting to try and get him asylum in the US and however he turned out, it's not your fault. But don't 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 say it, don't make statements like this. Lah. Yeah. Fucking hell. I think she's stretching the psychoanalysis a little bit too far. And you do you do realize that we spoke about something she said in a few podcasts ago as well. I think earlier yeah, this year when she talked markets. about a wet market, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's right. Extra, so, a lot of extrapolation there as well, right? Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I'm bitter that she's the first Singaporean to be on the Joe Rogan show. Definitely not. Definitely not. Yeah. Uh, but I mean, but, um, I, I guess in some to some extent, right? Um, Emercy is someone who, who his teenage years were basically spent uh yeah basically fighting you know fighting against authority and thinking that he's some big martyr or, or something like that and so so and then he was thrust into the spotlight in a very um in quite an unpleasant way and and mm, it's not like he was rising like, way yeah he was it's not like he was a successful youtuber and then he did something stupid or what he was never really a successful at, at what what he was trying to be successful at la right he was mm. just like he just ended up starting you know, starting life online being uh being hated by everybody la. and and that's just a very uh, yeah la, I guess for any teenager with a rough 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 ride you know literally people running up to you and giving you a tight slap on your face in in public and things like that law which mm. is very rare in a place like Singapore la. Uh, so I mean, oh, yeah no, go ahead, no, so go ahead. I was just gonna say I mean uh, oh yeah I, I I agree also that she shouldn't be she should I mean she her psychoanalysis obviously is just a bit far-fetched. But at the same mm. time, I you know, there there there's definitely something. I'm sure his psyche has been affected by all these events that have happened in his life, lah. Yeah, yeah. But so I mean, I know when he was so outspoken in Singapore, a lot of people were seeing him as someone who fucking says stuff that no one else dares to say. And mm. I will admit, when I saw some of his videos talking about the whole Lee Kuan Yew legacy, you know, there were certain points he made which were which made you think you know mm-hmm. and he, he and I think that's what made people think wow this guy's a fucking genius he's like a prodig- political prodigy social social prodigy and all that yeah. but but what would you say to young people who maybe saw him as like hey fuck you know if we want to foster a cult- culture of like speaking your mind free speech uh, and, and always hearing every side of an argument wasn't he uh, a good thing that happened to the Singapore discourse landscape but- of discourse but but he but he would he was the instigator. I mean he was one of the chief instigators of like calling people idiots and stupid for just you know for having different beliefs than him and and basically throwing a lot of uh a lot of shade like at, at people. Uh, so it's not like his. I mean his arguments, if taken out of that out of his context, 
might there might be good arguments, but it's always lost because he would he would say something incendiary like like calling people idiots or stupid or and names like that lah. And and that never helps your argument. You never no one has ever won an except argument. if you're a politician. Uh, uh except if you're Trump lah. <laughs> and no one has ever won an argument just by like you know calling others names. Uh, you never you never win over people by calling them names and and you know typecasting them lah. So, um yeah, I mean even if you even if like you're an advocate for free speech. I think the question to ask is, is that the kind of so-called free speech you want, right? Yeah. But then again, like one thing that this kind of like brought up is also, okay, for all the people who say free speech, can Mm. speech really be free? Because Mm. ultimately in the land of the free uh, and hearing from a free speech advocate like Melissa Chen, even for that country and for for her as a person, certain things he said was too much. Yeah. Right? So that's where I also feel like, I mean, it's... It's just one of those things that uh, you try and be very liberal, very progressive and try to entertain all schools of thought. But certain mm. schools of thought really fucking cannot. Like. So that's where, where when when I hear the whole concept of like free speech, I don't believe that we can ever have truly free speech. Like. Mm. Uh, and, and that's where I see like the, in the discussion threads about this, it's, it's kind of like, it, it kind of doesn't help the case of advocating for more speech mm. because now people are saying, yeah, uh, if you want free speech, then this is what happens. Uh. Yeah, which but then so yeah, actually, it's an interesting question. Like, uh, I I think probably like correct me if I'm wrong if you think otherwise. But I think if I was a Singapore like someone in Singapore government at the point in time when AMC got asylum in the US, I actually would probably be like, well, thank goodness, and that that like that that you know that was taken out of my our taken out of our hands. Uh. like we don't have hmm. to. We don't have to, you know, charge him in court. We don't have to do anything with him anymore. He just, you know, seeks asylum in the US and continues renting the US. At least he's all the way there. La. And then we didn't have to deal with him. Whereas when he was here, I felt like he almost was like, remember when we watched The Dark Knight and then the Joker was like, he just kept doing things that would fuck up the whole system and just kept like <laughs> yeah. making you like second guess yourself, guess like yourself, oh shit, am I the good guy, or the bad guy, that kind of thing. So, so I felt like Emerson was playing that kind of role, a bit like a jester in society like you know and yeah. it made you have to second guess it so now that he had like, now that there's a good chance that he's coming back right like how how should the authorities or you know powers that be how should they be treating him like? should they continue like just throw him back to, to jail or DB or whatever what do you think they should do well, in light of <laughs> like, like internationally how we are looked how we looked upon and everything as well like? yeah because I mean Honestly, yeah, if he's coming back to Singapore, it would definitely be talked about on social media in Singapore. Like, like um, yeah. <laughs> maybe Singapore would be like, I don't know, the bubble between travel from Singapore to US needs to be <laughs> extended to for two COVID. years. Yeah, for yeah. two years. Yeah. Because of <laughs> COVID. Yeah. For sorry. COVID. Not accepting <laughs> sorry, any sorry, guys. from US. <laughs> yeah, your cases are terrible, you know, indefinitely, uh, indefinitely, especially yeah. from Texas and Chicago. Uh. Yeah. So, <laughs> so I think it's one of those things that, like what you said, he was definitely a thorn in the landscape of the government in Singapore overseeing yeah. media when he was here. La, because there was even talk of, you know, regulating YouTube and yeah. shit like that because of his discussions. So, I don't know, man. I think I think now it's still early days. Um, I think in the US, the election is around the corner. So, mm. probably all sort of legislation and all is also, mm. I don't know, this could be in some way a political tool also. Uh, mm. for for the for the incumbent uh, or for the new leadership that comes in, so I think this was this is not going to happen anytime soon. But I think for the Singapore government, whatever, just go with the flow, man. Mm. But I think I think definitely the the he's crossed an uh an ethical or moral line already, lah. Yeah, but like you know the whole. I mean, 
you can talk about free speech all that blah blah you know re- wounding religious feelings a lot of a lot of that stuff is still debated in many many parts of the world but when it comes to pedophilia I think it's a there's a very clear yeah. line that you don't cross yeah. and once no. you've crossed it any you know anywhere you go you're basically not not going to be very welcome la. and and if you're charged and go to jail because of that no one's going to argue no one's going to be fighting for your rights and, and all that right yeah no in fact I think the authorities in Singapore are probably thinking like I mean it in some way, his behavior kind of validated their action because mm. they were saying that this guy is a free radical and he's going to yeah. just be very incendiary uh, and there needs to be a stop. La. And I thought free, saying, radical, oh, you know, free radical was a chemistry thing. Eh, I thought yeah, that was bro. a chemistry thing. Eh, I took chemistry up to A-level, so I'm qualified to say this, okay? Yeah, yeah. You, so, you, do you know what's a free radical? Do you know what's so a free radical? So what context are you using it? So what context are you okay, using Okay, first of all, do you know what's a free radical? If you don't know free no, radical, you say it. Okay? I forgot already. Yeah, I forgot, see? Already. forgot already. Don't try yeah. and just shit on my, my terminology where you yourself don't understand No, I'm it. trying to explain for the audience what you mean by free radical. You don't later yeah, bring out all these like chemistry A-level <laughs> terms. A sovereign, la, free radical. I expect everyone to understand. No, because you, you could have just said, oh, Harish, you know, like in the middle of your very impassioned speech, can you just explain to me this term that I do not understand? What is a free radical? But instead, you're like, what free radical? Hello, you're talking about sociology, you know, you're bringing this chemistry term for what? So a free okay, radical okay, yeah. is basically like a, um, uh, uh, um, I think it's like an electron or something that's part of an atom that that has a, fuck, what the hell am I saying? Okay, basically, shit. <laughs> fuck. I know there are a lot of A-level students who listen to this. Uh, please. No, please, no, no, A-level uh, students. Uh, hang with me. Hang uh, with me, okay? Hang with me. Okay, yeah, so, um, it, it's, it's, it's some sort of uh, atomic uh, uh, <laughs> being that has an extra electron or something like that that allows, that increases its likelihood to bond with another uh, atom to form a molecule or something. La. So basically, uh. it's very charged and looking to bond with something else. Okay. Uh, so it's almost very volatile. Very volatile. Okay. Yes, a free radical is very volatile. Uh, Fucking see. hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, play, I hope someone right. in the audience will fact so, check that, but okay. No, no, okay. To you chemistry students, you know, you I don't know whether you got chemistry oral exam or something, but just repeat everything I said, you confirm you will pass. No, you don't want to pass. Confirm you'll do well. Okay, I take that back. What the fuck was I saying? Free radical? Yeah. Yes. Uh, it helps It helps the authorities in Singapore's case saying that, okay, we tried to curb this free radical and then, you know, he did the thing going to the US and fucking even the New York Times article in 2015 was titled The Arrest of a 16-Year-Old YouTube Star. So very glori- glorifying it, shitting on Singapore's authoritarian regime and all that. But in the right. end, he turned out to be a pedophile so I can imagine the authorities in Singapore even saying come come back you know come back uh, it's almost like you know the parent of a rebellious kid yeah. and then he, the rebellious kid runs away and then mm-hmm. now the rebellious kid comes back and the parent's like see I told you right yeah. I told all of you this kid is going to be a problem but no nobody want to listen now yeah. come back and you go to your room unfortunately yeah. room in this case is a jail and and uh, if I'm not wrong like crimes like pedophilia or that are can be, I mean, can be tried cross border, whatever, right? Like possession of child porn and things like that. Mm, that, that mm, yeah, mm. even if you did it in another country, it still can be tried in even Singapore and all, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so I, I mean, he's not so. off the hook, like, if he comes back to Singapore. That's what we're saying. Yeah, he's definitely not off the hook. He'll yeah. go and be tried for AWOL, for pedophilia, basically. And, like, like yeah, like what you said, pedophilia crosses the line, like, and it's, it's, it's fucking, you. Previously, it was polarizing, you know, like mm. Amos had his supporters, Amos had his detractors. Now, I think universally, everyone's like, what yeah. the fuck is this guy doing? Yeah, and Especially, he deserves to go to jail. I think there was, at one point, there were people who uh, who were wearing free Amos t-shirts. 
mm. and protest and stuff like that. Mm. No, and I, I will I will admit I also felt the treatment of him as a sixteen year old wasn't mm. wasn't necessary to be until like that yeah, Um yeah. I will say that maybe he really does have mental issues that need to be sorted out, and I hope part of the whole trial and all that takes that into account Yeah, um, Which is, because he did he did earlier in this year he actually put out a blog post where he said that he has reflected on a lot of the stuff that he's done in the past and he's sorry for certain things he said and did. And uh, he realized he he has a narcissistic personality disorder, la, which is an actual mm. mental disorder, you know. So for someone to actually acknowledge that, you know, I felt like, oh, okay, maybe he maybe he matured or something and he realizes that, yeah, he really wasn't the most pleasant person to be around uh, back then. Um, mm. But yeah, I think since then, uh, yeah, la, this, this it's... I no, nobody wants to gloat at 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 uh his at his his plight right now, but it's just uh, not not very defensible uh, whatever he's done. Yeah, and all we can say it's an ongoing case. Uh, yeah. and yeah, it's we'll just we'll just keep track of whatever's happening. Twenty twenty is really a year about YouTubers or you know online personalities approaching young underage uh people uh. Right. Actually, 2020, 2019, 2018, <laughs> 2017, 2016. Every, it's always yeah. like YouTuber, <laughs> yeah, YouTuber and some underage thing. It's, it's not like the Olympics, no. Once every four yeah. years. It's fucking like, it's like the Premier League. It's every year and it's not just once a year. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, not, like something, to about, not yeah. something to joke about. Not something to joke about. It's quite it's quite a rough thing. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say some one segue, but I don't think it's the best segue. So I'll leave it to you, Terrence. <laughs> Uh, the segue. Oh, the segue. I mean, it's okay. Easy segue. You know, we talk. I mean, we're talking about young people doing uh very controversial things. The next one is also a young person in Singapore. Uh, is he yeah. underage? Yeah, he's underage. Also doing something very controversial uh, that that has got people debating, and it's quite interesting reading the debate. What is it exactly? But before that, my segue was very similar to yours. But for some reason, in my mind, it was a lot more sexual. I don't know why. But literally, that, what that, you said that, that was exactly what like. I'm thinking. That's everything in life that we, the how you look at it versus how I look at it. <laughs> Fuck off, lah. <laughs> There's the one you got two lenses, lah. One is the racial lens, the other one is the sexual, oh, the lens. sexual lens. Yeah, correct, correct. <laughs> <laughs> when you take them both then oh there's Terence's there's Terence's point of view oh, but see. if I put them on is interracial sex is it that's what you're saying <laughs> yeah. uh. <There's> always, <laughs> but like, uh, like, you can't you can't just drink a coffee without like ooh it's long black coffee <laughs> right <laughs> that's the kind of person you are anyway, I have never that? made that joke in my life okay <laughs> if that's your level of humour then I'm sorry man I am sorry but anyway, mm. the young person we were talking about who's doing controversial stuff is uh, someone who goes by the name Remus Err. Mm. So um, I think two weeks ago, it came up that uh, there, was a, there was a CNA Insider video uh, that was done about this guy who's taking his uh, O-levels um, and why it got so much traction is because he apparently makes up to 30,000 Singapore dollars flipping sneakers. So per for month, those of you per month, per month, per month, per month, yeah, per month. So for those of you unaware about the whole sneaker reselling industry, basically sneakers are like a new a new culture commodity, like, where they are traded, they are sold, and there's a very there's a there's a there's sneaker heads like people who love collecting sneakers, and it's seen as a status thing. But generally, people love wearing sneakers, and there's a very big demand for it, like. So. Mm. It's it's a global thing where people would snap up these new hot sneakers and then sell mm. it to the highest bidder. La. And yeah. the whole process of flipping, people can make a 
fuck ton of money. So yeah. the whole uh, the article and the video was about how prolific this guy is being a 16 year old juggling tuition school and uh, this business lah. Yeah. And right. I mean uh I, I probably just to give a bit more context about the whole sneaker thing cuz I also you are uh, a, I much more con- into sneakers than me lah. Much more yes, into sneakers. Yes, yes, than yes. Me. Yeah. And and not in a not so much in a fashion kind of way like I don't think about how to pair cuz I still wear shitty clothes most of the time lah. But when it comes to sneakers there's a a bit more uh, of a collector's kind of uh, uh, the, the psyche that I, I go into it is more of a collector psyche like I think about mm. uh, in my youth when I watched uh, you know Chicago Bulls Michael Jordan all that play and win all those championships what shoes Michael Jordan was wearing or the shoes that people were wearing in school back then to play basketball then now and back then it was like all those shoes were either unattainable or unaffordable uh. so mm. for, for me you know in my, in my 30s and everything uh, now when I see some of these shoes come out in, in mass production and and it's acceptable to wear them like day to day, you know, just walking around wearing them with your jeans and everything. Oh, maybe not jeans. Uh, that that sounds like like that like uh, a dead fashion statement. But basically, <laughs> it's actually become attainable and affordable to like you know get a pair of Air Jordans and wear them with your day to day clothes. Uh. you know yeah. now now everyone's about dressing down as well. So um yeah, the whole sneaker culture has has exploded lah. You know for for I mean that that's just one of the reasons. Um, but yeah, a lot of it was driven by you know people who grew up in during the 90s and the Jordan era and then now being uh having uh income and being able to afford to buy shoes at much higher prices uh. so there is a big market for it and uh yeah if, if anyone's interested I can go more into depth about it because I, I literally only started getting interested like maybe a year or two ago and I st- just like a noob I just started doing a lot of reading into that whole industry and understanding how it works uh. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and there are, there are, there's a whole ecosystem of companies coming up around it also there's the most famous of all I think is StockX StockX yeah. yeah yeah, which is a, basically a stock exchange for sneakers yeah. and it's fucking interesting like, where they they talk about the current price or the last transacted price of a certain yeah. sneaker and they, they track its price up and down and they do it not just for sneakers but for art for trading cards and all that mm-hmm. so it, it's it's a new wave of thing, like, things yeah. but, but the video and the article got a lot of flack Mm, mm, and and why uh, why why did it why did it get that flack? I mean the the prime reason was because the guy and the in the video was it was almost painted as if he's like this uh you know entrepreneur who's like hustling and making a lot of money and everything and he revealed some of the ways that he would make money like which involved like even uh, you know if you're going there's an online queue to get a certain rare sneaker he would actually use uh bots uh, bots to jam up the whole queue system and, and you know jump the line and order multiple uh, multiple pieces of the same shoe even though most people are, customers are usually limited to one or two pieces and, mm. and he would actually pay money to, for that like, and then after that he would get the sneakers and then he would flip them to because the sneakers were, were rare and everything he would flip them to collectors who wanted to buy them mm. and um, some some people just look at it and they say hey that's not entrepreneurship that's just scalping so mm. what's the big why why are we glorifying this guy as if he's like this big he's like came up with the iPhone or something like that you know he's just basically doing what um, scalpers do like ticket scalpers any kind of scalpers do which is like they, they find loopholes in the system or stuff that is in very very high demand for various reasons buy mm. it at a slightly lower price and then f- try to flip it at a high price just to make money la. so is that really the kind of thing that you want to encourage you know uh, in young people especially because he's like he's seen as this good example for people right mm. yeah so, and I think so subsequently yeah. after that video 
there was a commentary also on CNA as well, right? Mm. By uh, I think a freelance journalist or artist Correct. or something, who yeah. basically uh questioned the point of that of that video lah. Mm. And and some of the points that she brought up, I think it's a she, it's a Karen T lah, freelance mm. travel and lifestyle writer. She yeah. brought up that, um, you know, the the thing I think the biggest thing was uh about the bots because. Previously, you have had people queue up for a long time to get mm. something. La. You know, yep. it can be NDP tickets, can be this, can be that. And it almost felt like they are kind of sacrificing their own time to get this. So yep. rather than people who want to pay a premium amount, these people pay with their time. La. And it almost mm. felt like there was some give and take. The thing about bots and for, for people who might not be aware what bots are, is essentially this code that can be written that like what Terence said, can send... Like uh, because it's code, right? Like the number of pings or DMs or messages it can send per second is in the thousands, lah. Yeah. Um. Yep. So for anyone who maybe queued up for U two tickets or yep. Maroon Five tickets or something, you mm. know, part of it is like you get in and there's a queue and there's a X number of people ahead of you and you get get there get get the queue number, lah. So how I think companies like like for for those concerts they have waiting rooms where you have to mm. fill up personal info, which is a very good mechanic for fighting bots. But a lot yeah. of these websites that have e-commerce that sell shoes, they don't have that sort of things in place. So a bot literally pings uh the website a fuck ton of times and you can even key in the requirements and it would literally mm. select the shoe and go all the way to payment automated. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so why that caused a lot of flag is to develop these bots is not something that anyone can do uh, mm. I mean anyone can go to websites and pay for the bot but why it gets a bit iffy is because there's the argument like you know okay not everyone can code a bot but now there's a whole slew of websites where you can go and rent a bot to go to this website and mm. they are websites they are reddit Correct. threads and all that and what yeah. makes this whole thing difficult is in the US um, there was a there was the US Bots Act of 2016, which made it illegal to buy tickets with bots. Mm. Uh, mm. but it was solely confined to tickets. Yeah. Um, in 2018, there was this new act that was uh introduced by four politicians called the Stopping mm. Grinch Bots Act of 2018, yeah. which would extend it to all products and services. That has not been passed. Mm. As of 2019, it has like a four percent chance of being passed. Sure. So because it's a gray area then it gets confusing because literally in that CNA video, there was this one segment where he was on his computer very explicitly saying, okay, I got a bot bots to do this and all. And then it was like, oh shit, they they detected multiple uh, bots coming from this IP. Oh shit. Then he cut his access to his Wi-Fi and he went to his mobile phone. And mm. the way they filmed it, the way they edited it, almost felt like, you know when, when you see a documentary about like let's say a doctor or nurse dealing mm. with some shit and then find a solution. <laughs> like ER, right? And it's like, oh fuck, you know, this guy, who he made it work. That was yeah, applied yeah. to this. Because for me, if you ask me, if there are people willing to buy a sneaker that was sold yeah, for wait, wait. 1, so, 000, so can I just can I just ask yeah. you broadly? Because uh I, I feel like I maybe because I collect sneakers, so I might be a bit tainted in terms of my view. La. But yeah. for you, I know you're not you're someone who's super not uh you're not Sneaker. romantic about like things, lah, right? You don't, hey, you don't hey, have. Hey, hey. I am romantic. Okay, okay. Okay. You are romantic. <laughs> I'm just using it as a figure switch. You're not like, oh, those are sensitive, lah. Your love marriage. Hey, my girlfriend you're, listens to this, okay? You're, you're you love, you got love, be, you're in a love marriage. It's real love. It's real love. You're in love marriage. Um, but yeah, my point is, you're not like, it's very sentimental. Yeah, okay? you're, you're not very sentimental about things, like, you know, collector stuff. You know mm. that I collect, like, all sorts of shit, like, shoes, toys, all that nonsense. Uh. Yeah. But I know you are not. You are the person, you are, like, minimalist li- living impossible. So, 
do you what what do you think when you when you see like people oh I didn't get the the three hundred dollar pair of shoes I wanted because now it costs like one thousand dollars and all that. What what do you feel when you hear people complain about shit like that? Huh? I actually don't have an issue with it because I totally will not do it. But over the course of the past few years, as you grow up, you realize people place different value on different items at different prices, lah. Even mm. last week or the week before, we were talking about the SIA premium meals where you pay six hundred dollars. I would I yeah. I would never do that. But yep. if people want to and they're doing it in a way that doesn't harm themselves, they're not using money for their kids' milk to go pay mm. for that, I totally have no issue. So for this also, if someone is willing to pay $8,000 for a sneaker that was sold by the maker for $1,000, to me, it's like, okay, fuck lah, you can argue that they are scalping. Mm. Um, but um, I, 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 I think scalping, there are some in differences between reselling and scalping. Um, mm. I, I'm still trying to wrap my head around it. No, so let me let me ask you lah. Let's say, uh, so yeah, so say you, you mentioned tickets lah, right? Yeah. Uh, like, what what's the difference between uh the scalpers who you know when you're trying to get Coldplay tickets and all that, and you have never watched Coldplay in your life, your whole life, and you really wanted to see the concert, and is they they just fire their bots into the system and pick out all the tickets and sell them for like triple the price lah. How do you feel about that? Hmm. I would say if they are using bots, then yeah. I think uh it's the same lah. If you're using bots mm. to be a reseller or scalper, then I think it's it's fucked lah. And okay. I do think there's regulation that needs to be there. But okay. if they are buying this pair of sneakers that that they that they get also use bots, right? also use bots, also use yeah, bots so to game so, the system. So, yeah. yeah, so I think I think the usage of bots is is not fair lah. Oh, so so in general. You're saying like it should be regulated also like in some way? Yeah, I think it should be regulated. Okay, okay. And then how about yeah. how about like um the comparison of let's say face masks? You know, during the during the COVID period, at the start of it, like everyone was like buying face masks like mad and like and you know, you could barely find it in, in supermarkets, like and they was they would sell like triple or quadruple the value of anything. Yeah. Or even even more than that, like. What what do you think so, of, of in, in, in that kind of instance? Uh? So for me, the biggest difference there is that uh, I don't know whether they are classified as such, but I do believe mm. there's a difference between medical supplies mm. under which I consider masks versus consumer goods that are that are more how you say uh, more about commercial commercial stuff than actual mm. medical supplies la. They're not so, essential la. They're not they're essential. Not es- yeah, they're not essential like artists la, You know. <laughs> Yeah, exactly, yeah, yeah. artists are essential. Don't exactly. see complete okay, yeah. la. Don't see ah, just yeah, yeah. Don't see, don't see, next lifetime, okay, next yeah. lifetime. <laughs> yeah, why you want a artist shoe? Why you just wear normal shoe? Ah, but for masks <laughs> is different, lah. For masks is different. So, yeah. so I think like so. This is why I guess it's such a gray area because while yeah. I do think scalping and reselling, there's a big difference to me. It's okay, scalping the stereotype of the person standing at the concert venue trying to sell, and mm. versus reselling via uh, e-commerce with bots to me there's a big difference but if the scalper also use bots then to me they are one and the same but the mm. thing is for tickets you can't you can't use bots at least or there's an act that Mm-mm. makes it illegal uh, yeah. and even though it's a US act I'm assuming that you know like most things if the US has an act there might be other countries that also have an act uh, mm. that, that's similar there's nothing like that in Singapore but a lot of these websites that sell shoes aren't Singaporean websites so yeah. that's where this whole thing has proliferated and like it's getting up to a point where even in media, like to me, the way CNA edited that, I was like, hey, you are glorifying in some way something that feels illegal, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, right. to, to, to me, um, 
I mean, because I see a lot of comments, people saying like, I mean, it's just simple demand and supply, right? Like you, you want the shoes so badly and the supply is so limited and someone finds a better way to to get the shoes uh, than how you did. So what's the big deal about that? We should not be vilifying that. We should be, in fact, we should be celebrating his his enterprise and things. Lah. But uh, I, w- I would say also that the, it's a bit different lah, when you use a bot lah, to, to, to bring it back to of uh, course, when you say, just say bots, right? It just sounds very abstract, like abstract idea, like, you know. But you bring it down to the level it's of, of what we went through day to day. Let's say like, when you were at the when you were at the supermarket, uh, queuing up to enter a supermarket to buy to buy groceries, lah. Not even don't even say essential items, but you wanted to buy groceries uh during during the circuit breaker or whatever, right? You know, back then there were long queues and things like that. So imagine you're just queuing up to enter the supermarket. And then suddenly this car, just black car, just pulls up. And then all these big burly men dressed in black and with sunglasses just suddenly like, oh, you know, they suddenly jump in, jump in front of you in front of the queue. And then they like, they say, no, you can't enter now. There's like, my boss needs to go and get his shit. And then like the store owner comes like, what the fuck is going on? And then they, they slam the store owner to the side. And then the boss just goes in and he takes the thing and they pay for it. And they pay for the stuff. They come out and mm. they, they pay for it. But they basically cut the queue in spite of whatever. Even the store owner saying that they're not allowed to do that. And everyone else has to just stand the back line and wait. And then they just buy up everything in the store. Then they get back in their black car and they leave. And then mm. when you finally get to enter the store, there's nothing left ready. Lah. Mm. Of course, it's not essential items or what. But that's basically what, to me, what happens when you introduce bots into the system. Lah. Like mm. there is a, there is a, there are terms of, and conditions of, of even the sale going on. Like you have to queue up, you have to do these things. But what the bots do is they they don't just game the system; they break it like, by even defying what the the rules set by the store owner and things like that. So I know I know like all these like Nike and all these other places they set they have ways to track bots and all that. But uh, yeah, like, it's a whack a mole kind of game where there's always a smarter bot than whatever security system they can put in place. And uh, yeah, like, I I've been in that situation where where. Basically, I'm in line for a shoe. I put it in my cart, and then I click checkout. And then the next thing is like, it just like hangs or something like you know. And then suddenly the next thing, I I lost my place in line. You know, restart. And then and I restart the the whole website. It's sold out already, lah. So so mm. so I I felt like it is where you don't even where where they basically they break the system. Is that because there's no there's not even a system anymore. There's no queue system really, lah. They just entirely mm. break it for their own benefit, and nobody. Guess you, you don't even get to try, you know. It's not even like a lottery or something. You don't even get to try. You just like um, no matter what you do, you're just not able to to fight with these bots. Uh. But so so to me, it's a very uh, it's a very different thing from just like uh, yeah lah, like uh, demand and supply issue lah. But if if there are these websites where you yourself can pay a nominal fee to use a bot f- and yeah. do the work for you, right? Yeah. Why can't you just use that? You know, but because I said don't yeah. hit don't hit the player, bro. Hit the game. Yeah, you're defying the terms of sales that Nike, I mean, whatever the, even the store owner themselves put there, like, where you are limited, every customer is limited to one or two two of, of these things. Like. And, and, and but, yeah. but just philosophically to go back into this whole thing, I know I know for you, it's just a, it's just a, because you're not romantic about these things, so you don't care. But for people like me. <laughs> oh, someone getting defensive already. Someone getting okay. defensive. Okay, not just me, but I think a lot of people. Like, the reason why like these sneakers and all, uh, a big deal is because yeah, a lot of people when they were kids, they you know we were living in a very different era la. Like when we watched basketball, we didn't even watch basketball. Sometimes I just looked at the scores at the back of the Straits Times, I just to understand the where the Chicago Bulls were and you know their last game, who they won or lost against. All all we, that's all the interaction we got with 
um, you know, a, a particular sport that we enjoyed. La. So being able to wear a shoe that your favorite style of what I was wearing was a damn big deal. And then, you know, if they came to Singapore, they'd be in very limited quantities or even like, if at all, la, you know, like it'd be very expensive. La. So mm. th- the, the fact that Nike finally said like, okay, we're going to start like mass producing these shoes and allow anyone who wants to get them a chance to 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 buy them, la, right? And, and now it's not cheap, but it's not like exorbitant where you're like basically not eating for a month or anything like that, la, right? Mm. So, so it's a chance of someone, you know, to to really, um, yeah, just, just be able to uh, so-called live that dream that they had as a kid and all. So it is, it does seem, it does f- uh, feel like a much bigger deal than, than just a pair of shoes or, you know, any pair, of, any other pair of shoes that you wear. La. Yeah, so, and, so then, yeah. Uh, so then back to my question because sounds like okay it does have a lot of value to you right mm-hmm. but correct me if I'm wrong but what you're saying is why you wouldn't resort to using these bots which are publicly available which are not mm. illegal because there's no yep. acts that regulate it it yep. is because you feel you are breaking the terms of agreement yeah. with the seller la. so it's, yeah. it's illegal in your mind la. It's a, it's, yeah it's like a trust la, right you, you, it's like you go on carousel and then you someone makes an offer and then you accept the offer and then you turn away other things and all that and then you turn out the MRT and then that person doesn't turn up like that kind of thing. You breaks the, I mean, that, that basically when you break the trust, you break the system, you break the mm. trust in the system as well. Like, and I feel like, um, in fact, that is probably what what has turned me off the whole sneaker collecting thing. Also, it's just that it's uh, it's impossible to get anything at, at retail these days. Like. So, I don't want to, I just made a conscious decision. I don't want to fall into that cycle. So, I, I, I never ever look at reselling, uh, resellers or anything like that. Like. So mm, so mm. and and one thing one thing that probably he I think he briefly mentioned and it all these I saw was briefly mentioned was that he has ways of getting shoes before they are actually released to the public la. and I, I based on my own personal experience and hearing from people and all that I I can pretty much speculate that there is some sort of like uh under table stuff or quid pro quo kind of thing going on mm, mm, mm. like someone I'm working sure. at a place who is yeah. you know being given an extra something to to give a that person priority uh, yeah. Correct. yeah so i mean if you want to say illegal that's illegal uh, right that's that's basically um commercial affairs department kind of stuff but it happens mm. because because of this yeah this kind of culture that that this uh these these sculptors bring uh, to the table where it's so difficult to get like you can't queue up for this shit uh. So that's where that's where I also agree with you that it's it's like let's say you know watching uh you stream your favorite TV shows online from all the streaming websites. I think both you and I have made a conscious effort to not do that because we are in the industry yeah. and we know how much that can fuck over the creator la, You mm. know, um, but a lot of people do it, but it's more more us and our certain things we stand for la. Mm. However, just like what this writer said, I think if we are dependent on people doing the right thing, right, then we're all fucked la. What I hope will change is that there's more technology uh, behind things to fight bots. Um, yeah. and, and like what you said, like bots, if you try and come up with something, there'll be some bot that can do it. Uh, but mm. that's where technology is that, you know, like that little thing you see, you know, like I am not a robot uh, yeah. or some stuff like that. There are bots that can probably fight that. But just from my own research, what one of the be- the most powerful things is a waiting room la, where you can throttle people. Uh, you can get them to key in certain questions that you can populate at random. So all those need to fight bots. Like, and with the power of technology and with the smartest, with so many smart people around the world, I just hope there's more innovations to battle that. Because I think as long as there's an opportunity to make money, people will do 
unethical things uh, and especially when it's not even clear whether it's ethical or not ethical uh, so I hope there's more more technology that comes up there but also to people who make content about people who do this have some fucking do your research lah, and realize that yeah. if you are showing him doing this it yeah. just what does it say about uh, your content and CNA's content I'm generally a fan but when mm. I saw that I'm like wait you're almost like making him seem like some Iron Man, Tony Stark guy who's solving something on the fly. No, yeah. you're just changing your IP address. That's like stealing someone's Wi-Fi and like, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, he detected, let me hack into someone else's Wi-Fi. Yeah, okay, yeah. it's not the exact apples to apples comparison, but I just felt like, oh, shit, the way they edited it, the way they added the music, felt like, oh my God, uh, it's going to stop, it's going to stop. Then, phew, you know, got it. Got it undercover, guys. Got it undercover. Yeah. So I, that's where I feel like, hmm, mm, Yeah. And all, all, all I wanted to to really say about this thing was that I, I saw a lot of, people, of friends on Facebook were like, oh, this guy's going to be a, he's a damn good businessman. You know, people are willing to pay, so why not? I said, if you've ever complained about like not being able to get tickets for any kind of show that you want to watch or not being able to get like any kind of supplies that you needed when they were in high demand and all that, right? If you are the same person now saying that, oh, this, is a, this person is going to be a, grow up to be a good businessman and all that and yours just sour grapes as fuck and all that right I think you just need to shut the fuck up basically you need to go and look at yourself (laughs) in the mirror and ask yourself what kind of society you want to live in right because what what do you want to encourage young people to do like to just everyone just go hire bots and just like you know go go online and do all these things for yourself I mean mean, this guy definitely is he's smart he's ambitious he's driven but like what you said I think I think what what maybe we should all do is take screenshots of any of your friends who have said, given this guy yeah. glowing reviews so that in future if they say, hey, fuck, why can't I get taller people? Then yeah. you just nicely just paste the screenshot of their comment and because be like, Because a good businessman came by and, and yeah, because got a good first. Enterprising, you know, <laughs> he could see an arbitrage opportunity. So why not? Isn't this something that you preached four years, two months and three days ago? Yeah. Boom. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, it really is like, uh, to me it's, I, I, I try to print it like yeah, it's basically thugs jumping the line at the supermarket oh, la. and, 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 thugs. and if you support that kind of behaviour you support that that means you support that kind of like going back to protection money and all that kind of nonsense kind of things la, you know in, in, in back in society back in the 60s and also yeah it's like but what then, kind of society you want to live but in but I guess la. then that's the, the the tricky part right if he's not doing anything illegal right mm. illegal then mm. it becomes a, a, a lot harder to to kind of paint as unethical and all that because then it comes down to values. Like the point of having laws and all is that you don't even think like you go do yeah. this, is it illegal? Okay, you're a fucker. But this yeah. one it's it's tricky. So I'm also hoping that the regulation keeps up. But yeah. I don't know, with everything else going in the world, I'm pretty sure the the politicians in charge of this bill are like, fuck yeah. the shit. Yeah. We have so much thing to deal so many other things to deal with. Uh. So hey, in no, some but way, then but then but then uh just I think this week or this last week or something in mm. Singapore it became I think it if I'm not wrong la, a lot more uh, consumer pro-consumer laws kicked in where you can't do false advertising like if you are selling if you are not closing down or what you can't put out a sign saying closing down sale or fire sale in Singapore or something like that anymore if if, mm. if I'm not wrong like I think like um, a law or something was passed where basically uh, like you can't use things like that to falsely mislead the customer into thinking that they're getting some damn fucking good fire sale price or what. Mm. Mm. So, so I mean, 
that that kind of shit matters, all right. I think just the language you use as well that matters when it comes to marketing. And then you know places like Australia, I think they take a lot more yeah, 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 steps correct, to proactively protect the consumer, la. So maybe we just we need more of these things, as opposed to less, uh. True. Yeah. True, true, true. But yeah, so I mean, this is what something that is polarizing. There's a lot of deferring comments online, so we would love to hear your comments. Yeah. Right. And if you if you if you had experience with a scalper that really took something away from you at one point that, that meant a lot to you, do also tell us what it was. Well, for you, has that ever happened to you, Harish? Uh, scalper. Yeah. Um, I mean, scalper. Thankfully, no. Except mm. from that one time when Germany, I went uh, in Greece when that guy uh thought I was making, I was thought I was making friends with him. Then I went to the bar oh. and had to pay fifty euros. <laughs> But to me, I talked about it in the podcast before. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, <laughs> like fucking relive that. But that's when I felt sculpted. They were, they were more like fucking catfish, like you're gonna catfish, like right? By some guy who's pretending know. to be your friend, and then, and then you, you got that, yeah. He he sculpted my trust. Uh. Yeah, no, I I think I think that's not really scalping, like, but but scalping <laughs> to me Don't is more tell like. Me don't tell me what I can and cannot feel, okay? <laughs> no, I think to 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 to, to more broadly speak, I think scalping is when you you're gaming the system more than anything. Whereas if you're just conning one very susceptible individual, it's more like that's considered more like catfishing, la, I think, than, than scalping. If I'm not wrong, la. <laughs> True, 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 yeah. true, true. Yeah, yeah. Cool. All right, now right. we're that brings us to our third and final segment called the uh, the one shock thing. So, yes. Terence. Yes. Terrence, what is your one shock thing for the week? My one the shock past thing. Days? Uh I mean my one shock thing of the week really has uh I mean it's been a video game la. like I've been playing this video game called uh Hitman. Mm. Uh it's not a new game, but I think it was on sale recently because of all the different sales. And sometimes now because of uh my irregular sleep schedule from uh, having a kid I you know there sometimes sometimes I find myself awake in strange times of the night lah, and I'll just play this game, and uh yeah it just it's just a game where you go around uh you have, you've got missions to stealthily assassinate people, and mm. rather than uh but rather than just barging in with a gun and shooting everyone down, you have to you know uh you have to strangle people, put on disguises, walk into the walk into a party dressed as a waiter. You know, poison that drink with a uh, red poison, and then somehow get them to drink that drink in particular. So, so I, I I've been enjoying it because it's a it's a welcome change from all the the very violent uh video games like Mortal Kombat, all that where you just go out and you just whack people uh. But this one, you actually have to use a little bit of your brain and you know explore different things and try different scenarios to to get to the same destination uh, which is to mm. also kill people uh. mm. Yeah. Yeah, so it's a it's a very uh, I like I like that element of it, and I know that there's a Hitman one, there's Hitman two, so I know I've got my next few couple of months of gaming filled up lah. But have you have you considered playing the what Among Us game? Yeah, I've heard that one. Yeah, a lot of people are raving about it. Like it's a secret Hitler equivalent kind of game. But I haven't. I've not tried it. I've not tried it. Have you? Is it because you because you think there are too many people playing it and you don't want to be you don't want to conform. No, it's just mobile games. I'm not very big on mobile games. It's just not I my see, not my thing. Yeah, yeah. Nothing not to conform me. I like not I like, like, like you you know we love board games because you get to sit down with people and actually talk to them and all that. Yeah. Whereas yeah, it's like mobile when it when it's all on mobile phones it's a bit harder, yeah. 
But I mean, this current game that you just mentioned is also a a, a console game. Right? Yeah, but I like I like single player experiences. Like I think I sit through single player experiences much more. I, I never see. play multiplayer anything on on uh computer or on my consoles at all. Yeah. I see. I see. I see. Yeah. Cool. And what is your one shock thing? Okay, my one shock thing, right? Is it's the tip of what I what I feel can be a huge iceberg. Uh. So in the sense that. Okay, one thing that when we're doing this podcast, you know, when we uh, have to put the show notes on Reddit and like putting the mm. show notes in the description and even for other stuff, right? Whenever I copy, I have to copy a URL of an article, then I have to copy the title separately and then hyperlink the, ti- mm. the text title with the URL. Yep. So then yep. I was just thinking, hey, fuck, maybe, you know, this would be a cool thing to build, you know, like just get some so someone and then I just, wait, let me Google something and I found out on the Chrome store, right, there's yep. some fucking awesome extensions that allow you to do just that. Is it? And it's fucking what? changed my whole, so now, if I want to copy, if I want to hyperlink a bunch of text with, let's say, okay, let's say for our Reddit, when we post mm. this, we put the article uh, yep. and then we hyperlink it to the URL, right? Yep, so, yep. what I would do last time is highlight the title, paste, yep. Uh, copy paste then highlight the URL then hyperlink the text of the title with yep. the URL yeah. so now with this Chrome extension called rich URL I just yeah. click it once and it copies the text with the URL all in together and then that Dude, you know how you. fucking happy I was when I found this or not okay like, don't undermine like, me hey, don't under- I know what you're gonna say and that saves you two seconds <laughs> no no no, no. Yeah. I, 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 I think it's a very useful tool and I think I know where you use it the most also I know where where Huh? The your Tell daily where, brief where? your daily briefings to your girlfriend on what podcast to listen to and everything is it? No, <laughs> no. That one we already have a spreadsheet. <laughs> that she reports no, in and no, out so, every day. So the why I say is the tip of what could be an iceberg is because now anytime I'm doing something that's fucking annoying, right? I'm just gonna go to the Google Chrome store and search because someone may have built something to make that life easier. So to mm. everyone out there, if there's something that's taking you three clicks, just go and you wanna make it one click. Are you doing taking five clicks? You want to make it two clicks? Just go to Google yeah. Chrome Store, man. If you're not using yeah. Google Chrome, then change your fucking browser. Yeah, but Google Chrome takes up a lot of like memory, right? Supposedly. Oh, is it? Yeah, yeah. Like it really <clears throat> eats up memory, and and so it's like you gotta have a powerful computer to be able to open as many tabs as. Then I don't open you, that you many tabs, uh. tabs uh. I'm, a dabber, I'm a dabber. Yeah. I'm a. I'm a you got like 40 man. you got 40 open hey, at one hey, time no no right? no maybe 20 okay 20. <laughs> maybe 20 and then yeah, every yeah, once yeah. in a while I'll be like you know why, why I got so many tabs you know fucking let's reduce it then while reducing I'll see some link I'll be like fuck I gotta read this open another tab uh, so I right see, now I'm looking at 2, 4, 6, 8, 10, 12, 14, 16, 18, 20, 22, 24, 26, 28, 30, <laughs> oh 32 okay fine God. 35 tabs <laughs> I can't deal with more than 10 man. this guy like regularly like uses it 35. 35 35 but do you feel tabs. that you you are reading a lot more because you have more tabs open yeah fucking I <laughs> consume content like a beast man no lah honestly sometimes I also feel like why the fuck do I have so many tabs uh? why do I have it's so many FOMO tabs la. it's basically FOMO la, right FOMO no. in digital form Yeah. no it's because I'm a curious boy okay I'm curious yeah 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 okay fine <laughs> give that give that to you <laughs> But right. congrats, cool. congrats everyone. We have, uh, you're going to save uh, like three seconds a day. Hey, fuck you, lah, okay, Terrence. <laughs> you, th- three seconds, ten times a day over the course of a lifetime is a fuck yeah. time of seconds. Yeah, Alright? Yeah, so you're welcome, guys. You are welcome. <laughs> no, but I mean, the, right. the truth is that there are a lot, yeah, there are a lot of uh, 
uh, this kind of extensions that that do make life easier. Yeah, than, man. Uh, that that yeah, we should use more of lah. It's just that, uh, don't know. As I as you get older, right? That's why I understand why boomers are like that, like You just get less inclined to go and customize stuff, cause you you always, you always feel like if it you forget how to use it later, then you're fucked. Uh. You don't know where to find this. You don't know where to find that, lah. Then I realized, oh, that, that that's the real sign of like, yeah, you know, we are going towards that boomer territory, yeah. Yeah, and for everyone listening, you know, two years ago, Terrence used to fucking rave about the Android because, oh, you can customize and all this shit. Then he realized the magic of the iPhone and yeah, how restriction of choices is a good thing. I've given up on that already. Yeah, that's right. As long as you can call and use WhatsApp. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> but cool. Alrighty. Yep. Then we will talk to y'all soon. All right. Peace.